Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Crosswires. It's James here, and today we're taking a look at audio production, or rather, audio recording. As you all know, this show is recorded on Squadcast, but behind the scenes, you know, I have to connect this mic into something to record, and then that has to process the audio, send it up to Squadcast. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, audio interfaces. Now, don't run away scared, because I know that when most of you think of audio interfaces, you think of big boxes with lots of dials, lots of inputs, lots of settings that you can mess up and make your audio sound less than ideal. But my guest today is Dan Hewley from Focusrite, who are possibly one of the biggest names in audio interfaces. And in fact, my very first audio interface was a Focusrite Sapphire Pro 40. It was a, hu- it was a huge rack mount 20 in, 20 out audio interface that ran over good old Firewire. Please welcome Dan to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So, audio interfaces. Would you say it's fair that for most people they are quite daunting? You know, I thinking about the Sapphire Pro 40, that was my first audio interface as well. And yeah, 20 in, 20 out, there were you know, knobs and buttons all across that thing. To most podcasters getting started, that's pretty intimidating. Um, I was just coming out of music school. Um, I, I went to school for audio engineering. So, you know, I was able to break that down and understand all of that. But yeah, that can be quite daunting to somebody that's just getting started in, in music production or, or podcast production. Absolutely. So before we dive into what Focusrite are bringing to the table and maybe looking at sort of how the world of audio interfaces has maybe changed a little bit, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Dan? Obviously, you mentioned you went to school for audio engineering, but what's the rest of your story? Sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, and it's funny, I never meant to go to school for audio engineering. I went for keyboard uh, performance and then uh, quickly realized I have stage fright and can't really play in front of people. So, um, you know, I, I had to make a quick shift there because I'm spending a lot of money on college. Uh, so I went for audio engineering and just kind of fell in love with production. Uh, all of the things behind the scenes, um, creating sounds and manipulating sounds, things like that. Uh, and then um, that got me into, uh, I, I worked for a guitar player, uh, a Grammy winning guitar player right out of school. That was really cool. Uh, and then I went to work for a company called Manly Labs, which makes really great um, mic pre's and processing equipment. Um, so I worked there for a while, and I got into sales and marketing at that point. And you know, my my background gave me uh, made me relevant to, and gave me the ability to talk about signal flow and pro- uh, music and audio products with with the customers and and uh, media and and dealer partners and things like that. Awesome. So it sounds like you're a perfect fit for all you now have at Focusrite. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it here. I'm coming up on six years and I kicked off the Focusrite Pro podcast, uh, which I believe we have about 30 episodes. We have really great guests coming on. Alan Parsons is going to be our next guest, which which oh, which wow. is incredible. We're going to talk about his new album. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I started out my own personal show as well, which uh, I'm between seasons on at the moment. But uh, yeah, that'll be back shortly. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. What a wonderful story. And a little bit of a primer on Focusrite. Traditionally, I think it's fair to say that Focusrite have been one of the companies making the wonderfully powerful, but also, as, as we talked about with the Sapphire Pro 40, somewhat complicated audio interfaces. And I think, is it fair to say the majority of Focusrite's sort of pre-Vocaster range would maybe be more desirable for musicians than necessarily podcasters? Is that a fair... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's very fair. Um, we've been a music company since 1985. Um, you know, if you think back to then, Rupert Neve and George Martin started the company because George Martin wanted a, a no expense spared uh, recording console made, and then the the nine uh, Focusrite consoles came from that. And now all of that technology from 1985 uh, falls into your Scarlet, and you still get the air mode, which which is the impedance switching uh, that was very famous on those original um on those original inputs so yeah we're we're a we're a music company in our roots we're a company full of musicians but we're also a lot of content creators as well and storytellers uh such as myself and i'm one of those people behind the scenes that has to remind everybody in the company that hey if we're if our mission is to remove barriers to creativity we have to think of all creatives and not just the musicians so we've gone from a con- from a music company to a content creator uh, company. So we support all types of content creators. Awesome. And that's where the new Vocaster line comes in. And first of all, I've got to congratulate. What a wonderful name. It, it, it kind of 
it brings back sort of a, a vibe of 80s synths. Like, I've got this, <laughs> you know, this yeah. image in my head of someone in the 80s with hair and stuff. You know? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, the big hair. Like a vocoder. I think it kind of goes right into that word vocoder. Yes. And these are interfaces that are absolutely geared towards podcasters, streamers, and video creators. And the first thing I want to say about them is they look beautiful. And I, I just looking at the, the lineup, they are something that I could see happily on my desk. They actually fit more onto a desk than say, I mean, I'll be, I feel a little bit treacherous saying this. I'm currently using a competitor's product. That's okay. Thank you. Thanks. You know, it's okay. But again, it's a big box. It's, you know, it's got multiple inputs. It's got lots of switches and dials, but it, it works for what I need because I've used, you know, I've been podcasting for so long and doing audio production for so long that I'm used to it. But, I would trade that in a heartbeat for one of the new vocasters. Dan, do you want to tell us a little bit about sort of where the where that journey started, where the vocasters, where the concept came from, and how it's evolved to what what we've got today in terms of the vocaster one and two, and then the studio bundles. Sure, uh, you know, like like I said, we 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 needed to expand about out of just musicians and start speaking to content creators. Um, and the good thing is, uh, Scarlet was already being used by a ton of podcasters. Mm. Uh, our friends at Squadcast, which I, they're literally my friends. Uh, they're also partners, uh, with us in Vocaster as they're provided. Um, they have data, you know, if you, if you look and see how many people choose what type of interface to record with, they said Scarlet was by far the most common interface that they would see. So, so we didn't come into podcasting having to having to explain to everybody who we are. Uh, luckily, a lot of um, influencers sang our praises way before we started uh, addressing that market. Um, so I I entered in probably about four years ago into podcasting and just immersed myself in that world. And I discovered that you know there's no one that is making a product that is specifically for. Uh, podcasters, and this is before Rodecaster Pro, which is what I'm assuming you're yeah. using with all the di- the dials and functions. It's actually, it's actually no, no. I'm, I, I, you know, I that would be a fair assumption. It's not a because I'm going to be really honest. Crosswires Media Group does not have a budget for for a Rodecaster Pro because, and that's one thing we'll talk about later on is, is the pricing because I think you guys at Focusrite really knock it out of the park with that. I'm actually using a Behringer. UMC 404 HD, which again, going back to what we were saying about music-focused interfaces, it really is a music-focused interface because it's got all the sends, uh, just like the Scarlet do. One thing quickly before um, we jump back in, I think it's fair to say that probably the Scarlet 2i2 is possibly the most popular podcast audio interface before the vocaster came along yeah you know honestly uh scarlet 2i2 in particular is the best-selling audio interface in the world um and the entire scarlet range that's in the third generation now there's almost five million of those sold to date so scarlet is the most popular interface range in the world so you know it's no surprise that it's so uh, popular and common in podcasting Um, but when i immersed myself into that world i saw that there were some gaps that we were that we were uh, not filling and there was workarounds with, with Scarlet for podcasters and, you know, Scarlet had things that don't really fit for podcasters like instrument inputs. You don't really need an mm. instrument input if you're just going to be nope. doing spoken word. Um, and also, you know, Scarlet 2i2 has two inputs, but it only has one headphone output. So at that point, only one person, if you're doing two people in the same room, if you're, uh, you know, having that type of interview or conversation, only one of you actually gets to hear the conversation, which to me is troublesome. So there were things like that. And then, you know, SM7B is one of the mics that I use. I rotate through them, uh, on occasion. Um, that one really needs a lot of gain. And that was a big complaint. Mm. And, you know, in, in the price point of Scarlet, um, and even up into expanding up into higher price points, everybody tops out around between 56 and 59 dB of gain. Uh, when the SM7B requires somewhere between 63 and 65, uh, depending on the voice. So there's a cloud lifter needed or a gain booster, uh, depending on what, which one you, you choose uh, for your workflow. 
so that was another thing. You know, they would buy a Scarlet and buy a microphone and think one or the other is broken because they weren't getting that loud professional signal that they're used to. So that was one. Those were a couple of the things that I, um, when I was fighting for this product uh, to become a product, uh, those were two of the the like the line in the sand. There, it's like we have to have these two things. If you have two inputs, you have to have two headphone outputs or more. Uh, you have to have enough gain for all microphones. Um, so that's why you know things like the headphone outputs uh, are the way they are. And um, yeah, we have seventy dB of gain on Vocaster, which. Which which is really great, and it sets itself. It has auto gain, which is a really cool technology that we developed um, specifically for this product. And and I know people out there will say other people did it first, but we didn't buy their product and copy it. We actually started from the ground up and built our own auto gain. And that comes from I'm assuming the focus right experience of you know driving different microphones of of your interfaces working with, I guess, almost every microphone out there at some point in its life has been connected to a Focusrite interface. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. And and just myself, I have four or five mics that I rotate through, depending on my mood. Um, most of them, uh, I don't know if the, uh, the video, uh, you know, people won't see this on audio, but I have boxes stacked behind me. I'm getting ready to move houses and uh, all of my other mics are packed up. So I'm just using this one today. But but yeah, usually I rotate through a, a few different mics, and yeah, you have to adjust the gain level on each each and every one of those. And just so that we're really clear for people who might not understand the difference between gain and level, we're talking about gain as in the amount of how's the best way to put this. Well, in fact, I'll let you. You're the audio engineer. Uh, it's the amount of amp- amplification. So, uh, to me, uh, gain speaks to input, and um, level or volume speaks to output. To me. Uh, so gain is like, I'll break it down a little bit. Like when I'm speaking right now, there's an electrical current that is coming out of my mouth that hits the diaphragm on the microphone and causes vibrations. It's a very, very low level electrical signal that then travels through the microphone cable and into the, um, the input of the audio interface. And that's where the gain staging happens. And what that does is that boosts the electrical signal caused by the, the vibration of the diaphragm and the microphone to a level that is, is uh, workable in the computer. Um, and, and it also converts. So that's the other thing. It converts the analog signal that goes through the cable into a digital signal that the computer can then uh, recognize and then you can mani- manipulate it in your editing software. And that, as you said, that's really important. Getting that right means you're driving the microphone correctly. Your voice is sounding the best it can be. If you spent money on an SM7B, you want to know oh, yeah. that it's set correctly. You know, <clears throat> so I'm just using um, a, I think I've mentioned this in previous shows, I'm using Electro Voice uh, ND767A right now. And it's a great vo- uh, mic for my voice. It's certainly better than, for me at least, it's better than a blue yeti pro which i've had connected to this interface and that's another thing of course but the you know that is something that needs to be varying interfaces if you're talking condenser mics is phantom power and sometimes that can be complicated to tell whether or not that's switched on but well one thing i've seen straight away from the vocaster's um, pictures is there's a nice big nice big 48 volt Mm -hmm. indicator but it says yeah you've turned this on yeah right on the front of it and you know one thing that uh vocaster does that you know, a lot of others are of our interfaces. Um, we have phantom power that turns it on either for the whole interface or in banks for some of the larger channel count interfaces. Mm. You can actually turn on phantom power for one channel or the other. Uh, and you can do that right on the unit or you can do that in the Vocaster Hub software, which is a really powerful um, uh, piece of software that we have. Uh, the cool thing about Vocaster and something that we haven't done in since pre the Sapphire Pro 40 days, uh, we're talking about like the Liquid 56 or something like that, which was just before that. Uh, we have DSP on board. We haven't had DSP on board any interface, you know, in like a decade. So that's been resolved now. And all of the mixing and all of the channels, and, and I'll get into, you know, I, I think we've only talked about a couple inputs and outputs. Um, uh, so we'll have to get into how a, uh, a Vocaster 2 has 14 inputs. How is that even possible? But you know, all of those are mixed in the Vocaster uh, hub software, and it's and the software is controlling the unit itself. So all that DSP is on your unit. So if you want, 
you can set everything up in the hub software and then you don't need it anymore. It, you know, if you like the way that that mix sounds great, you can, you can send your show mix to your, to your DAW, your recording software and, and you're done. Um, but if you want to manipulate all of those 14 different channels, yeah, you can do that as well. Brilliant. And of course, now this is a USB-C based interface. So one question, and I'm sorry to surprise you this one, but how does this then translate to working with, for example, the iPad Pros and iPad Airs? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, if it if an iPad has a USB-C connection, it it works seamlessly. Uh, I've 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 demoed it um, a couple of times with that. Yeah, just using GarageBand because GarageBand is is a free piece of software that you get, yeah. uh, and you can record very easily. Uh, I've we've showed that off at a couple of the events that we've been at recently uh, using an iPad. I think we were using iPad Air. Um, Officially, oh, the fourth gen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, officially our statement is uh, iPad Pro, but in my personal experience, it worked fine with an iPad Air. It's an, it's an interesting one. The iPad Air is, of course, now running the M1 chip. They have all that power. They have a lot more bandwidth. But, hey, it works. And you mentioned GarageBand. And, of course, I'll you know shout out the team at Woojajuice who make Ferrite, which now does support multi-channel inputs which is so cool. So, yeah, so this is a great interface. You know, unlike, say, for example, the interface I have right now, which is USB-A and is USB, USB-B USB on the host side, on the interface side, because this your the vocasters are USB-C, it's a lot easier to connect them to almost any device that supports USB-C. Yeah, uh, and to, to note, um, in, in the box, you're going to get a cable that's USB-C to USB-A. So if you have a USB-C computer, you would just need an adapter, or you can get a C2C cable very, very easily. Somehow I had like eight of them in my bag. I have no idea how those all ended up in my backpack, but if you've been in audio long enough, you have a collection of cables uh, <laughs> that you can dig through, but then you still end up buying one and then finding the one that you needed about a minute after you receive the other one from Amazon. Absolutely. You're like, oh, unpack the new cable yeah. and the old one. I'm like, oh, that's where all my XLR cables exactly. went to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit. So we've obviously got we've got the Vocaster range. Let's start with the Vocaster one in terms of its inputs and its outputs from a from a hardware standpoint. And then maybe we can talk about some of the cool things that the Vocaster Hub can do. Because again, seeing this um, on screenshots, it just looks fantastic. And it does remind me of the old um, was it Mix Control on the Pro Forty? Yeah, the Sapphire Mix Control, or um, it could be Focusrite Control on the current units. Um, yeah, so Vocaster one and two are very similar. The real big difference between the two of them is the number of inputs and the number of headphone outputs. So Vocaster 1, like the name says, it has one input, one headphone output. Vocaster 2 has uh, two inputs and outputs. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into one other difference between the two, but first I'll walk through some of the, some of the cool stuff with Vocaster. Uh, so Vocaster 1, uh, it's very simple. You have two knobs on the front. One of them controls your gain. The other one controls your headphones. So one's input, one's output. Um, so your gains and your levels. And um, it has uh, your speakers and your headphones. So if you plug in a pair of studio monitors like I have, um, you, you they're both on the same control, which that might seem a little bit uh, troublesome to you, but in the Vocaster Hub software, there's a mute button for your speakers. So you can just hit that. So when you have your headphones and you're using your headphones to record like we are now, uh, you can mute your speakers. So it's you don't, you don't have to unplug things. Uh, the other way around, you do have to unplug your headphones, you know, if you're just listening to monitors. Otherwise, signal would go through. Um, so then when you want to get started, I'm going to look at, uh, I'm looking at the unit now. And there's three buttons on the front of it. And that's it. So there's three buttons and two knobs to, to make it very simple. The first button that you're going to see, uh, it looks like a couple of boxes, like, you know, stacked one above the other. It looks like stairs going up to the right. That's your uh, your your selection. So that, that button, you press it, and you talk for about 10 seconds, and it'll set your gain for you. So you just talk into the microphone. There'll be a little timer that goes around. Uh, and as soon as that timer times out, your gain level will be set for you. And nine times out of 10 with myself, it, it does it really well. Uh, the times that it's not doing it really well for me is when I have poor mic technique. When I'm on a Zoom call and I really don't care that I'm, you know, a few feet away from my microphone, uh, that's the only time it, it, you know, it doesn't really work for me. But have good mic technique like I see you are right now and hopefully I am as well. Uh, another button on the front, it looks like a little magic wand, and that's exactly what it is. Mm. Um, it's the enhance button. And what that does on the unit itself is it toggles on and 
off the enhance tool. Uh, and the enhance tool uh, basically has four different presets in the software that you can select uh, a clean voice, a warm voice, a bright voice. And my favorite is the radio voice, which I'll go ahead and in- engage right now. So now I probably sound uh, a little bit more like a radio type of sound that you're used to. Uh, I'll, yeah, what's the uh, what's the top forty hits at the moment, please, Dan? You know, we've got to get into the music charts. You know, I, and you can. I got to get back yeah. to. I got to get back to music. I've I've been uh, entrenched in the podcast world, so I'm I'm going to be getting back. Um, but yeah, so the enhance button is cool. And a uh, little spoiler alert: in the future, those are going to be user programmable. So right now, all four are presets, but in the future, you're going to be able to change the settings and. Uh, the settings that are into that, so that's three pieces of uh, of software, or I'm sorry, um, onboard DSP. So uh, the first thing is a high-pass filter, and that just makes sure, rolls off some of that low-end rumble that you might have. Uh, and then there's a three-band EQ, uh, which is really the nuts and bolts of, of shaping each of those four presets. And then finally, at the end, there's a, compress- a compressor to make sure that if you get dynamic during your conversations, if you start to laugh loud or, <laughs> or anything like that, if you, if you get a little animated and, and shout, uh, it just tries to keep it so you're, you're not compressing. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, so you're not uh, clipping. And that's something that typically you would have to do in post-production um, as an editor and try and you know do that. But obviously, if that's happening on board with DSP, so digital uh, signal processing, that means that the audio that you're getting, so you might be recording on Squadcast, uh, as you know Dan is now, which means that the audio coming through from Dan is going through the vocaster. You're, you're using a vocaster. Um, I think you're, you're using a vocaster too at the moment, right? I am. Yeah, that's uh, you know yeah. that's the one that's available to me. So I have the vocaster too. Just curious. And I'm looking at this. You know, looking at the, the video on my homepage right now, and you really can see what Dan's talking about. How simple it is, and how. One thing I just wanted to mention from a hardware point of view that I absolutely love is compared with, say, your traditional audio interfaces, now I'm going to include the Scarlets in this. The Scarlets are very much all of your indicators and all of your dials are facing, what's the word, are on like the front panel, and you really have to glance down and sort of, hang on, like I'm doing there. Whereas on the Vocaster, it's on the, like the raised surface. So at a glance, you can see what you're recording without having to really stare or probably more importantly, take your focus away from your content. Yeah, it's it's on the top there. It's very uh, it's a very user friendly uh, interface. Uh, you know, the, the touch and the feel of it. Uh, it was very purposely built um, and the buttons themselves, uh, they're 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 nice. They give you a nice response uh, and they, they feel nice. They they're kind of uh, rubbery. Uh, and they they're kind of shaped like your finger, so it's really easy just to reach over and hit the buttons. And yeah, the 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 knobs and the dials they all feel really nice as well. And you know we've really only touched on kind of some of the basics, the minimums of any audio interface. Uh, and this, it's capable of of so much more than even than we, than we've talked about. Am I right as well? That third button is a mic mute button. So if you have to cough, you've got an instant. Right. Uh, a little while, a little earlier, I I know I have a very noisy chair. Uh, so when I, I had to fix my posture, so it was very easy. I was listening to you talk and, and to your point, I was able to reach over and I know the mute button is the first one on the left. So I hit that button and, and, and fixed my posture. I heard the squeaks on my end, but you didn't hear anything on your end and and that didn't get captured in the recording. And I didn't hear a mute. I didn't hear any, any sort of audio signal drop if you see what i mean yeah 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 which is a big deal it is it is and that and that and that speaks to how quiet the interface is uh as far as the signal to noise ratio so you would have noticed if i would have hit mute and you know like that if there was any type of hiss or any type of noise Mm. you would have heard that go away and then you would have heard it come back but in in this situation like you said uh yeah it was a very clean mute you didn't even know i did it so yeah, so carry on because there's obviously so much to go through. I'm really, this is really exciting. I'm, I have to admit, I'm really enjoying just hearing how this works because, as I said earlier, I've heard of a vocaster. You know, Zach and the team at um, Squadcast really, you know, you guys did a partner event, and I, you know, straight was excited. But one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on my show is to really promote this and get a bit of a deeper dive. So please do continue. Sure. Uh, so you know. Those were the basics we wanted to cover was just, you know, making sure that it was easy to use. And uh, I I think I said our mission as a company is to remove barriers to creativity. And part of that is to make not make technology, you know, keep you from from using technology. And uh, so when you when you turn the unit to the back, that's when you see 
the like the inputs and outputs, the actual physical connections. And there's a bunch of them. There's more than you might expect. So on the Vocaster 1, starting at the top, you'll see like a little icon that looks like your phone. And the really cool thing you can do there is connect your, your smartphone uh, via a TRRS cable. And that's important that you have TRRS because it's it becomes two-way communication. So you can take phone calls and record them separately into your DAW, which is really great, uh, or your, whatever recording software you're using. And it gets its own channel. So, you know, both host and guest, you know, you can edit them separately. You can uh, mix them separately. Uh, and there's a mix minus that's already introduced. So that's something, you know, if you're a podcaster, you might not know what that means. But in the old days, we used to have to do all kinds of crazy stuff to get a mix minus introduced. It just happens now. It just is automatic. So you can you can then record phone calls, but also... You can record to apps through through that uh, that phone connection, and that means like if you want to go onto like TikTok and take your computer audio onto TikTok, you plug it in, you open the app, and you go onto TikTok, and it's already done. You don't have to set or change anything. Same thing with Instagram or Clubhouse or whatever app on your phone that you want to go to. Uh, you can bring in computer audio, and and how that could work is. Uh, what I did to test this, like I'm not a TikToker or anything like that. I'm far too old. I went on to TikTok. I have an account. And what I wanted to do was try out uh, bringing my computer sound and recording it. So I just played some music from Spotify and I quote unquote sang along with that music. And um, I will say the audio quality was spectacular. Uh, The vocal quality was just garbage uh, because I am definitely not a vocalist. Um, Oh, no, me neither. (laughs) But, you know, and it was really cool because in the the Vocaster Hub software, I was able to mix that and get that computer audio mixed by myself into the app. And that's, you know, that's a side case. Like that's something that Vocaster wasn't created for unintended use, but I can see it being used for that quite a bit in the future. Well, especially, you know, there's a, um, a YouTube shorts, and I think we're on TikTok as well, channel, um, Alex and Melinda Griswold, who are the, I've mentioned them before, Michelle, but the mum and dad of the internet. And you can see they're using, and apologies for mentioning the R word, but they're using a, another company's that's, pod mic. That's all right. Great mic. And they have it in, but I wonder how they're doing that. Whereas if they had a vocaster, all they need to do is plug that TRRS cable into their phone and film, and they're getting not only the great quality microphones that they've got connected, but also they can play back computer audio. They might have, you know, their audio sting. So, uh, for example, Rogue Amoeba's Farago, the soundboard app, you can very quickly play stuff like that back and make your audio, because, you know what, video's important, but I think as we can probably both agree, if you have really horrible audio on your video, people aren't going to be interested. We're going to tune away. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And, and, you know, another thing you can do with that connection is, uh, you know, if you have uh, that app on your iPad, you can have that open. You can trigger sounds through that as well. So that could be a different mm-hmm. use case for that auxiliary um, input that you have, the TRRS. So, you know, you, you have that and you can use that as your soundboard and, and trigger, uh, trigger sounds for your show uh, through that. Um, the other thing that you're going to notice is kind of on the bottom, it's a little button that looks like a camera. There is a little camera icon and it has a a 3.5 millimeter jack there and that's a TRS connection. So it's a, it's sending a a line level signal out to your camera. So if you're doing a video, if you're doing video and you have your uh, DSLR camera looking at you, you can have the uh, line output of the vocaster going to the line input. And it's important you go to a line input and not a mic input because the mic input always introduces noise on a camera. Uh, whereas you go into a line input, it's just expecting the level of signal that vocaster is sending out. So you're not going to get any more amplification th- through the camera. And and that's really great because then it syncs up with your, your video on your camera so you can then... You just take that sound or that card out of your camera, put it in your computer, your audio and your video are synced up. You don't have to then start grabbing files from other places and, and making sure they're synced up. And the cool thing, it records simultaneously. So you could be recording to your, your camera and to your recording software on your computer at the same time. And that gives you a backup just in case, you know, uh, you know, one fails, you know, computers do that computers glitch. Uh, so do cameras. But I guess if you're doing a, if you're doing an audio show and a video show, and you're maybe not using Squadcast, because, of course, Squadcast records a video as well. You might be doing just an in-person show. That means that you've got your wonderfully recorded audio, say, for example, through something like Hindenburg or through Rogue Amoeba's Audio Hijack. You've got that from a podcast. And then, without any extra effort, 
you've got a video file with the same great quality audio, I assume with all the DSP effects intact, so it's exactly what is going on through the vocaster straight onto the video so that reduces again we go back to accessibility and making it easier that reduces your post-production time right um and it should i should note that it is going to be mixed audio that goes to your camera so it's going to be your show mix uh, the main uh stereo output is going to go to your camera but yeah. if you if you're not happy with that and you want to do actual mixing yeah send it use that one on your camera as a reference and that'll show you where you line up the rest of the audio uh, with your video and if in case you want to do some mixing uh, now if you want to do some cutting and stuff like that you know and and actually editing for content you'd probably want to put in the uh, the computer audio so so you you don't miss all your cue points and all of that stuff yeah absolutely um let's see the so that that really covers uh vocaster one um the the only big difference between vocaster one and two uh other than the inputs and outputs is um, going back to the the phone connection, it has two ways to connect to a phone. It has Bluetooth as well, so you can you can connect your phone via Bluetooth or via the auxiliary three point five millimeter input, um, and that gives you room. Like I said, you can connect your your iPad or other iOS device. Uh, you can t- either take two phone calls. So if you have two separate phones, you can take two separate phone calls, or one can be a phone call, one can be sounds, or you can take sounds from one. Or you can take a call and stream it to an app. You know, there's so many different uh, uses for that, uh, the input and output there. So that that all adds up to, um, I think we're probably at about 10 uh, inputs uh, for uh, Vocaster. So those other four, they're two stereo channels of loopback. And those are uh, and those are just in the computer. You know, like we're doing right now on Squadcast, uh, locally, I'm recording myself on a single track, and I'm also recording your voice on a single track um, using the loopback. So loopback input, just put it in. Uh, Hindenburg is the DAW that I use, which is included with Vocaster. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm looking right now, and I can see we're both recording on separate channels. Awesome. And this means you don't need any extra software to record on your computer. You don't need anything else to record. Maybe that Zoom call or that Twitch stream or something like that because you've got those loopbacks. You can pass that through into your door. Um, and so do you say there's two stereo channels of loopback? Yeah, there's two stereo channels of loopback. So you um, you can just route to either of them. So, you know, you might have a, ha- be recording a conversation like we're doing right now. And then maybe you have some background music playing as well. So that could be one of your computer audio channels. So basically it's it's the computer audio that you're bringing back into the computer, so you can so you can use it in your show and record it live. So incredible flexibility. So the Vocaster too, as we said, we've got two mic inputs, two stereo loopbacks. So that brings us up to my mouse six. Then the two. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of really cool functionality in there. Um, yeah. So you have you're up to six there. You have your auxiliary input. That's a, a stereo pair. Your Bluetooth input. That's another stereo pair. Your guest microphone. So there's another mono. Uh, yeah, so there, there's a ton of functionality. Because, of course, the um, the uh, TRR, TRS and the, TR, the TRRS can be stereo. So you could even, and correct me if I'm wrong here, if you've got the right cabling, you could plug something, plug something like an old cassette deck in and use that in the auxiliary, yeah. That would be an easy one, actually. A lot of those had like a... a lo- they had a lot of line-outs on those, so you could probably plug that into the... Um, uh, the 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 phone input, you know, and and these things aren't dedicated for phones. You can use them for other things, you know, like the um the camera out. All it is is a line output. You could go into, uh, you know, what I did the other day to try it out was I had a Zoom recorder, and I plugged it into the line input of my Zoom recorder, and then you can record a backup in your Zoom recorder, uh, and then your main uh, recording can be in your computer, you know, just so you have those those backups. You know, what if you're having this interview that you just can't let fail you have to you know you you do everything you can to make sure you get copies of everything and here's maybe again probably not a primary use case but let's say you're out in the field and you don't have a computer with you but you do have a zoom recorder sure um you could just you know what the the problem there and i have a solution for it too the problem there is how do you get power into vocaster because vocaster is bus powered over your computer yes yeah true you can definitely use it for what you just uh, suggested by getting one of those little battery packs. You know, the ones that we all use to charge our phone, mm-hmm. plug Vocaster into that. Now it's getting power and you can record your compute, your, your uh, Vocaster audio onto your, onto your camera. 
So again, not intended use cases, but real flexibility there for creators. You know, you're out in the field and let, let's just be really honest. These are not big devices. These are really nice and portable. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a very portable device. Um, you know, one thing people, uh, it, it's it's funny, the things that people call out as some, as things they, they like or things they appreciate, the power button. Vocaster has a power button on the back. It's a latching button that, uh, you know, and because of the bus power, you shut down your computer and it's still powered on. Uh, and that's one thing that Scarlet doesn't have is a power button. So one thing I would find myself doing when I was a Scarlet user is unplugging the USB cable every day because I just didn't want power going to my microphone when I'm not using my microphone. And that's great with Vocaster because all I do is at the end of the day, um, I power down my speakers and then I power down Vocaster just in case there's a little pop there. I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the beginning of the day, I reverse that. So it's 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 really nice to have that power button. My my current interface does not have a power button, so if I need to hard cycle it for some reason, I have to unplug its mains power and its USB bus to fully power cycle it. So yeah, that is a huge, you know, because look, things happen. I'm not saying obviously there's anything wrong with the vocasters, but things happen more so with the operating system's audio system. Yeah. Like the number of times I've had to reset core audio. Maybe not so much recently, but in the past, where it's just hard power cycling the Vocaster via a dedicated power button is so much simpler. So we've got two great products. Before we move on to the um, Vocaster Hub software, let's talk just quickly talk about because they can be sold just as the interfaces. Yep. But you also do bundles, which I, you know, as someone starting out in podcasting, I think these are wonderfully accessible kits. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and so, yeah, Vocaster 1 and Vocaster 2 come in studio bundles. So it'd be called uh, Vocaster 1 Studio or Vocaster 2 Studio. Uh, and really what that adds is the complete package minus one thing. Uh, and I'll get to that one thing. And there's a good reason why it's minus one thing. You get a microphone and it's a it's a broadcast ready microphone. With Vocaster 1 Studio, you get something that resembles a handheld uh, dynamic microphone. So, you know, if you've seen a Shure SM58, you know, the handheld microphone that's, you know, as synonymous with microphones as Scarlet is with audio interfaces. Absolutely. Great, yeah. great microphone. Um, and, and that's a really good, uh, mic, but then with Voca and you get headphones and you get an XLR cable as well. Uh, Vocaster 2 Studio has a bit more premium of a mic. You get something that resembles, they, they they want to say like a Shure SM7B. I think it resembles like the MV7 of Shure. Uh, if, mm. if look wise, uh, sound wise, they sound a bit different, um, but it's a bit more premium of a microphone. So it it adds a little bit more cost, uh, but you still get uh, headphones and um, a cable and microphone with the Vocaster 2 Studio. And just to be clear, it's just one microphone and one set of headphones of a Vocaster 2. Correct. Yeah. That. Yeah. And and that's really because. Uh, the customer that we assume is going to be buying something like Vocaster, we are assuming that they already have a microphone. They're probably someone that's upgrading from a USB microphone, hopefully one that has uh, an XLR uh, output, so they can then they have two mics. But in the future, and this, uh, we're, we're probably going to sell the microphones by themselves. So if someone wants a matching set of uh, the Vocaster two mic headphones and all of that, we're going to sell sell those separately as well. Awesome. And I'm so glad to see that it's included in headphones because it's something that I think a lot of people forget that when you're recording podcasts, I'm wearing in ears uh, just because of the way my hearing works. But people forget, yeah, you need decent headphones yep. really to record with so you're not getting sound leaks into your microphone. So it's great to have it included. It's great to have the XLR cable included because, again, you know, if you're coming from a world of USB mics, let's say, for example, a Blue Yeti. Yep. Let's say that you're, great, you're grading from a Blue Yeti. That is, unless you've got Yeti Pro, that is an exclusively USB mic. So having everything in one package. Yeah, it, it really helps to have it all in, in the one package. Like um, a good one that I like is the ATR2100 from Audio-Technica or the Samson Q2U. Uh, those are really great, inexpensive microphones. So if you're getting started in podcasting, under $100, you have a microphone that works, w- plugs right into your computer. But, excuse me, it's instantly upgradable when you buy something like a Scarlett or a Vocaster. Yeah. It will sound better when you plug it into a professional audio interface uh, via XLR. These have XLR, as you said, as well as the USB, particularly that, um, the Audio-Technica does, which is awesome. Now, you said there's one thing that's missing. What don't you get? 
you don't get a, a mic stand or a boom arm. And that's because we didn't, we could have easily put like a little desktop stand uh, in the box, but um, we, we wanted it to be a personal choice. Not everybody wants a desktop mic stand and we didn't want to put something in there that's going to end up in a landfill. Uh, because we're being very environmentally conscious uh, as a company, and especially with this product, um, one of the things you'll notice is the enclosure that it's in is a very nice hard plastic. And half of those plastics are recycled at this point. And in the future, we're going to get up to about 85% recycled plastics as we as we continue down this, this Vocaster road. Um, all of the packaging that Vocaster comes in, so when you buy it, all the boxes, um, everything that's in the box all either recyclable or compostable. So it's 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 kind of a weird thing to me that the bag that Vocaster comes in, it feels like a plastic bag, but you can throw it in your garden and it'll help your tomatoes grow. So that's it's really kind of cool that we're being uh, environmentally conscious with this product. And, we, and, and that's why we didn't want to include uh, some kind of mic stand. We didn't want something that if someone didn't like it, it would just end up in the trash. Because as you say, everyone's got personal choice. You might want just a cheap little stand, or you might want to go something. I think we're both using. You're using the high alarm. I can see, and I'm using. Um, I'm using. My, <laughs> keep keep having to mention Rode today. I do apologise. <laughs> um, I'm using the Rode PSA one arm, and you know what? It works. Yeah. As you said, personal choice, and that's awesome. And from a crosswires point of view, as we you know we look at people having a positive impact into technology. It's so encouraging to hear tech companies say, yeah, we want to be environmentally responsible. So things like packaging matter. A number of times I've bought products I'm like, this really didn't need these 45 different bags just for one product. No. So that's really good. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, uh, just one more thing on that. It's it's actually um, made me more conscious of the environment as well. And, and, and in my personal life it's made me make more decisions that are more responsible for the future generations. Um, I don't have kids myself, but you know, other people do. And I want there to be a, a beautiful planet for them to, to inherit. Absolutely. And I suppose before we talk, we move on to a Vocaster hub, there is one elephant in the room we should probably discuss. Oh no. What's that? Ah, well you mentioned your competitor, but the one that people sort of got very excited about, yeah, but I want to talk a little bit about the Rodecaster Pro and on two levels. First of all, just being really honest about the differences, but also talking more about so because we haven't talked about pricing yet. I think honestly, the Rodecasters are more accessible to new creators than maybe the Rodecaster Pro. But let's talk a little bit about differences, and, and you know, we can be really honest. But I think the one thing I want to just say for everyone: there's plenty of space in the industry for everyone's products, and people have, diff as we said earlier, have personal choice. So this isn't, you know, we're not by any means bashing Road. And I would like to think in the future, if I ever had any from anyone from Road, and we would not bash Focus, right? But there we go. No, I have a great relationship with the local Road rep, and uh, he and I actually. Uh, at events, uh, you know, there was a time that it was a podcasting event. He brought someone over to my table and showed them Scarlett 2i2. And he looked me in the eyes and said, not everybody needs four inputs. And, and that, I agree with that. I cannot agree with that more. I don't feel, I feel like Rode is a competitor, Rodecaster Pro is a competitor for Mindspace and for things like that. But as far as feature to feature, they're very different. Um, mm. You know, e even think of it. And, 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 you know, this guy had it right. Not everybody needs four inputs. Uh, I'm doing great with two. I'm only using one of my inputs. I'd be great mm. with a Vocaster 1 if this was, uh, if you know, if, if this was my own personal setup which it is, but this is a loaner unit that I have. I haven't, yeah. bu I haven't bought my own yet, which I just inquired about today. I'll be buying my own very soon. <laughs> uh, but no, it, you know, there's a lot of different things with, with Rodecaster Pro. I owned one myself. Um, I don't have it anymore. Uh, you know, just space wise, like I said, I'm moving. I needed to, to make space in the house and it's, it's quite large. It's not mm. portable. So, you know, if I, if I want to on the surface have some negatives, I could probably point to two, uh, and one is the size of it. It's just it just took up so much space on my desk, and uh, you know I loved the feel of the faders and all of that. Uh, the only thing, as an audio nerd myself, I didn't love having to menu dive to do things like adjust the noise gate and the EQ and the compression. Um, I don't know if that's been fixed in the new version, so it's not fair for me to say that that's always going to be a problem. But yeah, you know it's it's a nice looking product, and I know a lot of people are celebrating that one. But to me. 
we don't we don't really compete with Roadcaster. I think I think just because it's another podcast product, um, you know, this is just another option. Vocaster yeah. is another option, um, and a really great option for those yeah. who who want a small footprint and want one to two channels rather than up to four channels. And again, it goes back to complexity on the Vocasters, although. You know, the Roadcaster Pro has those lovely faders and it has the pads for all your sound bites. You might not need that, especially if you're just doing a show like like we're doing here. I'm not playing any sound effects in. It's just me and Dan having a chat, and that's the whole purpose of Crosswise is to have a chat with awesome people. And for me, a Vocaster is the perfect fit because I don't need all of that functionality. The other thing, of course, to mention is that they are at very different price points. They are. Um, what it, what is? I think Roadcaster Pro comes in at like six hundred or seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Vocaster Two is uh, in the U.S. is two ninety nine, uh, and Vocaster One is one ninety nine. So much lower on the price point scale, um, and and really great sounding uh, interfaces. And again, as we discussed earlier, if you're looking at these on the surface, thinking, oh, it's only got one mic input, you know, it's got one headphone out, and you're trying to compare it to a similar Scarlet, you need to probably look beyond just the, the actual inputs and look at the software and look at the functionality. Because as Dan said, Scarlets don't have loopbacks, as far as I'm aware. No, uh, no, that's, that's you no, know, in Scarlet 2i2 and Solo, which are probably the most popular with podcasters, maybe 18i8. Yeah, you don't have loopback. And then when the, when you look at the included software with Scarlet, mm. it's, you get an incredible value. There's like, there's the Hitmaker expansion that comes with Scarlet. It's like $1,300 in software and plugins, but it is 100% music focused. Yeah. Um, when you look at Vocaster, you get about a $600, $650 value in, in included software. Uh but it's all podcast and content creator and storyteller focused. So it's the right tools across the board. And and honestly, you have, if you buy one of the studio bundles, you have everything you need except that boom arm or that mic stand to get yourself started. You have um, Squadcast, which we mentioned. You get three months of free Squadcast on their top tier plan. Uh, you get three months of Hindenburg Pro. But you also get a lifetime subscription to Hindenburg Lite. So you're going to have that recording nice. and editing software for life. And then finally, you get uh, a subscription to Acast as well uh, for three months uh, to their influencer plan. So that's hosting and monetization. So right out of the box, you're already recording and editing. You're recording remote interviews. And then you're you're hosting it on the RSS feeds, going out to Spotify and to Apple Music and all those different places. And then Acast has some great tools for monetization as well. So, so yeah, it's it's really a complete package. So you really are getting up and running with your podcast with that one purchase, that one Vocaster purchase, be it Vocaster 1, Vocaster 2, or the studio bundles, and they're fantastic. Now, in terms of before we sort of start wrapping up, tell us a little bit about Vocaster Hub, because you've sort of hinted at what it can do, but this is effectively the computer-based control panel for Vocaster. Does it have any more tricks up its sleeve? You know, it's it's very you know it, it really it really doesn't. It's a very simple uh, online user interface. The big things that it does, it does a lot of the same things. So you can mute, you can turn on and off the enhance uh, feature, uh, and you can process auto gain. So you can press the auto gain button in the hub software. But really, the only thing that you can do here in the software that you can't do on the interface is choose which of the enhance tools. So you can select clean, warm, bright, or radio. Um, but then mixing um, at the bottom. So you're controlling the mixer on all of the different levels. You can't do that on the hardware itself. So if if you want to you know, have that show mix come out that's perfectly mixed, you have to have the software open. If you're going to manipulate it, if you're going to edit and mix in your in your DAW or, or your recording software like Hindenburg, like I'm going to, then you just leave everything, you know, and, and you, you don't focus on that. You just focus on your conversation. Probably a very silly question at this point, but I would assume this is on uh, the software supports on Mac and Windows right now. Yes, it is. It's it's uh, it's class compliant. Um, yeah, it's a it's a great device that's very easy to use on both Mac and Windows. Excellent. And because it's class compliant, although you won't be able to use Vocaster Hub, you would be able to use it on a Linux machine if you were that nerdy and wanted to. You'd still have access to all of the the actual channels if you know how to use a Linux audio system, which I don't. No, I don't either. Very- I haven't heard Linux uh, in a couple of years now, but uh, but yeah, it, it should work. Awesome. And this is, a, again, just to wrap up, this is a perfect interface if you're a podcaster, if you're a Twitch streamer, because again, Twitch streaming, you want a good quality microphone, but you you know you also want to be able to have those loopbacks going in, maybe 
from your game capture, things like that. The possibilities with this uh, Vocaster range are endless, and as we said, the price points are are really reasonable. Again, compared with, you know, when you look at all that you're getting, the 199 price point for the um, Vocaster One. Yes, it's more expensive than a Scarlet, but it's more focused on your needs as a podcaster, as a content creator. And it, I definitely recommend having a look at it. No, I definitely agree with you. And if you think about it, you, you know, that that increase in price, uh, just think about you don't have to buy a gain booster, which would cost you 100 to $150. If you, you know, that saves you money there. You don't have to pay for all of the software. You get that free software that's very focused. So it might be a little bit more expensive, but like you said, yeah, it's it's made for what you're doing as a podcaster. Absolutely. And look, you know, if you're doing this is something where you want to eventually monetize, making that initial investment, believe me, your listeners will thank you. Um, it's something I, you know, really try and strive for on this show. And by the way, please do let me know if you think my audio sucks or it needs work. Tell me because I want to hear, you know, I'm always trying to improve the audio on, on this podcast. So um, please do provide feedback. Dan, where can people find out more about uh, the Focus Right range, including the Vocaster? And you know, if we have got any budding musicians out there, there's plenty of uh, Focus Right goodies on the music side, like the Scarlet. I mean, you can step all the way up into really high-end interfaces like the Claret Plus and just some gorgeous, gorgeous gear. Yeah, uh, you can always go to focusright.com for Vocaster. It would be focusright.com slash Vocaster. Uh, but yeah, you you have tools for every different audio job from Scarlet and Vocaster and Claret Plus up into the uh, the Focusrite Pro ranges which is like red interfaces which are which are our flagship interfaces for the whole the whole brand and then RedNet which is audio over IP and then ISA which is our um, mic pre's that our heritage mic pre's that go back to those ISA um, studio consoles from back in the in the 80s Awesome. Thank you very much. So apart from a website, Dan, are, are focus right on any of those good old-fashioned social media platforms that people keep talking about? Yeah, of course. I've heard of these things, um, and I'm told that they're going to catch on. Uh, yeah, we're on we're on all the social media platforms, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of them. Uh, we're either at FocusRight or at WeAreFocusRight, uh, depending on which platform you're on. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Dan, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And um, I do hope everyone's found this episode useful. Um, one thing just to say, the, just for disclaimer, there has been no sort of paid promotion here. This is entirely... Actually, sh- I should say, I need to thank Ariel at Squadcast again because Ariel arranged this yeah. for me to talk to Dan. I said, does anybody have any contacts at Focus Right? She says, yeah, I do. I'll put you in touch with Dan. And she did. So... Thank you so much, Ariel. And again, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can follow Crosswires on social media, on Twitter at CrosswiresMG. You can email podcast at crosswires.net. Make sure you check out crosswires.net for the show notes for this episode, as well as all our other fantastic episodes, and crosswires.net forward slash YouTube for the YouTube channel. Make sure you leave your comments on the episode itself, and if you're a good pods listener, start a discussion there. Until the next time, thanks for listening. (laughs) 